Hey, good morning. My name is uh, Pastor Danny. Yes, I'm the pastor here. I usually wear pink, you know. Um, we're, we're, we welcome you, and uh, we know that uh, we're, we have a lot of things in store for you. So we, we're sorry we started a bit late uh, because of some technical difficulties. But just the same, we will go ahead and uh, proceed. As you know, we've started a series on knowing God, okay? Series on knowing God. There you go, okay? Why, why is knowing God important? You know, I, I, I personally thought about this myself. If you don't know God, can you love God? You can't, right? Can you trust God if you don't know God? You can't. If you don't know, if you don't love someone, you cannot worship that someone, much less serve that someone. You know, we are called to serve, but if, if we don't know the person we're serving, it's not going to work. That's the reason why um, uh, we are starting this series of Knowing God, because knowing God is the beginning of it all. When you know God, you will love God. When you love God, you will worship God. When you worship God, you will serve God. That's why we want to know God. Last week, uh, Pastor In Song shared with us the first message on knowing God. And this is about the God of the how much more, okay? The God of the how much, how much more. And he, he shared with us this verse. This wonderful verse that kind of speaks to us on how awesome God is. The verse says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. You know, if that verse doesn't speak to you on how big, how awesome, and how great your God is, to be able to do what you want in your life for yourself, for other people, and for God, then you're missing the whole thing. And Pastor In Song says uh, last week in the message that if, if you have such a great God, then do not limit God. Many times we're the one limiting God, okay? As big as God is, we are, the, we are the ones limiting God and putting God on a certain position where God cannot do anything much about us. How do we limit God according to the message last Sunday? Do you remember? One is by unbelief and the other one is prayerlessness. Like I said, if you don't know God, you will not believe in God. Well, come on. My God is the God of the how much more. He can kaboom you right there, okay? (laughs) Seriously, you know, another word for unbelief and prayerlessness as I was thinking about it is this word, disobedience and independence. If you are disobedient and you feel like you can stand on your own, believe me, you're going to limit God. Am I making sense? If here you are, you feel like you've achieved most and you are very successful, what will happen? You can stand on your own. And if God tells you to do something, nah, I don't need God. That's disobedience. And you know what? If you do that, you're limiting God. Right? Another word for that that I came up with is this. Selfishness and pride. If you're selfish, you only think of yourself as the best there is, right? Then you have pride. Then, you know, the God of the how much more cannot do much for you. Do you believe that God can do 
all the things that He wants to do in your life for your own good? Yes or no? If you do, then do not limit Him. The way to limit Him is through what? Your selfishness and pride. And this morning, I'm going to talk about another topic that will allow us to know God. Do you want to know what it is? Okay? It's actually, you, you should have, you know, in CCF, you would have an idea of what the topic will be by the songs we sing. Right? What, what are we singing? A do, do, do. A da. Is that what you were singing? No, 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 no. We were singing about the potter. Okay? In what? Molding someone. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to talk about something related to that. So first, there was the God of the how much more. Today, I'm going to talk about what? God uses ordinary people. Okay, I'd like to start with a icebreaker. You know, you know your names, right? Hello? For example, Gita, okay? Starts with the letter G, right? So Gita will introduce herself to someone putting an adjective that starts with the letter G to the, word, to the name Gita. Like, for example, what? Gorgeous Gita. Okay. All right. So, why don't we do that? Okay. So, you know your name. You put another adjective starting with the same letter about your name and introduce yourself to the person next to you or the person you don't know. Come on. Let's do it. Okay. Come on. Okay. Toti, you introduce yourself to someone. Okay. Okay. Come on. Sean. Shy Sean, okay? All right? Harry. Dirty Harry. <laughs> Not kidding. All right, right. Oh, man, I can hear. Okay? So, did, did that excite you? Oh, oh, oh. Tamana, Tamana. Hello? Tamana. Okay. What did, what did Ulrich, how do you think Ulrich introduced himself? Huh? In, huh? Uhaw Ulrich. Yung ba yun? Huapo. Huapo. How do you think Charles introduced herself? Huh? Huh? Smashing. Okay. Wow. Now, if your name starts with the letter O, wow. how many of you, how, is there a guy by the name of O here? Huh? Awesome Oli. Where's Oli? Hola. Okay. You know, I, I, was just, I was just thinking, if, if your name starts with the letter O, you would have come up with a word like outstanding Oli, right? Or awesome Oli. Remember? Right? I mean, I, I was just thinking, would, would there be some of you who would introduce yourself? Hi, I am Ordinary Ophelio. <laughs> you won't, right? Because you always kind of lift yourself up. But, you know, I've got good news for you, you know. If you don't feel special and you think of yourself as ordinary, God can use you. Because God uses ordinary people. And I'm excited about that, that news, okay? Because God indeed uses ordinary people. God uses ordinary people. 
if you're not in that picture, you're extraordinary, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just came up with this picture to show you that God uses ordinary people. And the principle that we will learn today is this. The principle is this. God uses ordinary people to do His extraordinary works through supernatural means to show His glory. Okay? You know, I want you to put this principle in the back of your minds because this is exactly what will change our lives forever. God uses ordinary people, that's you and me, that's you and me, to do His extraordinary works through supernatural means to show His glory. That's the principle. And, you know, let me share with you the extraordinary work. What is the extraordinary work? Right here. Right? The extraordinary work is this. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have an extraordinary work, which is making disciples. That's impossible, guys. Changing people, making people become Christ-like, that's an extraordinary work. And then he promises what? Supernatural power. And that supernatural power is himself. He says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the fact that God uses extraordinary people. And here is another supernatural power that he's talking about. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. That's supernatural power. So God will use you and me, ordinary people, to accomplish extraordinary work. You cannot even imagine what those are. Okay? Think of the most impossible things that God wants to do. You know what? God can use you make that happen. And he will not make it happen by yourself. No, because he knows you can't. And he will make it happen because he will promise to give you the power called the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, the ordinary people that God used. It is a story about the first century church. It is a story about God's apostles becoming a great movement as a result. Ordinary people becoming, being used by God to be able to change the world. And, and we read, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can you picture what's going on? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow, something extraordinary happening here, right? You know, God uses ordinary people like you and me. And I feel good about that because I'm ordinary. You're ordinary. And He will use us to accomplish great and mighty things that we've never, ever imagined using supernatural power called the Holy Spirit. 
let's commit this time into God's hands so that God will speak to us in a mighty way, shall we? Father, we just commit this time to you. Lord, thank you for having yourself already starting last week as the God of the how much more. Thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible with you. Thank you that you have all the resources in this universe that you can use. You can use and will use, Lord, to change your people, to bless your people, and to make them the kind of persons that you want them to be for your glory and honor. Father, I pray that this morning again, you will show us a glimpse of who you are in a different way so that, Father, we will see that you have a great plan for us and that we are right there in the middle of that plan, as simple and as ordinary as we are, O oh God. Lord, use us. Make us see how you can use us, Lord, and get, get, give us, get us excited that, Lord, the God of this universe is willing to use us for his glory and for his purposes. Holy Spirit, Lord, find fertile soil in our hearts. Use us, Lord, and don't allow us to leave this place unchanged by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, the principle again is this. God uses ordinary people to do his extraordinary works through, his, through supernatural means to show his glory, right? Exactly. Exactly what happened in the Acts of the Holy Spirit. You know, that, that book of Acts, I thought it was the Acts of the Apostle. Actually, if you really study the book of Acts, it is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because the power of the Holy Spirit was moving in ordinary people that started the early church movement. As in the Acts of the Apostle, the Holy Spirit moved in the lives of ordinary people on that day of Pentecost. Okay? What happened? Were the apostles ordinary? Yes or no? Some people, some, some of you may not agree. Oh, the apostles. Kaya nga tinawag na apostles. They're all great. They're all saints. Us? No, we cannot even compare ourselves to those people. But you know, if you know the story, how these people started, they were like ordinary people like us. In fact, they were scared of, their, you know, of, 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 of Rome and all the people. They ran away. They scattered, right? They were less ordinary people like you and me. But what happened? Did God use them? Yeah. God used them on that particular day. If you know the story, all right, the day of Pentecost, the early church, that day, according to the Bible, there were added about what? 3,000 souls. Can you imagine? Just one day, 3,000 souls. These people who were running scared actually were used by God in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to the people, share the gospel, and what? Baptize people and add new members to the early church. Wasn't that amazing? You know why? Because something happened. They were filled with extraordinary power called the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? You are in a room, and all of a sudden, there's a fire burning right there. Resting on your head? How would you feel? Of course, those of you with hair will be okay, but those of you without hair, it will probably be painful, right? You know, guys, something miraculous happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? At the end of the day, because 3,000 were added on that day, God was glorified. You know, what about these people? What about the CCF LA people? Are they filled, you think? 
As you can see, they have plates, okay? You know, I think they're filled in their stomach, okay? I don't know with you, okay? But you know what? This, this CCF LA people, I guarantee you, are filled with the Spirit because these people are children of God. Amen? Right? Of course, the plate was there, but I didn't mean to show you that they were only interested in food. No. Especially the Lakewood people, they eat a lot. Okay? Right? Oh, there's, there's a new group in Rosemead that eat a lot as well. Okay? So you have three groups in CCF right now. If you want to lose weight, go to Burbank. There's no food. If you want to gain weight, you, get, you either go to Rosemead or you go to uh, uh, Lakewood. But you know, that's not my point. My point is be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, what happens to you? You know, first of all, are, are we guys filled? Are, are we guys? Do we have the Holy Spirit or not? Um, uh, you know, that's not quite uh, very, very convincing. Do we have the Holy Spirit or not? Yes. Yeah, we do. Why? Because we are believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We heard the gospel. We accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as a result, we have the Holy Spirit. Yes? That's found in this verse. This verse will assure you. Now, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, and this is something new to you, please don't panic. This message is for you. Maybe God is speaking to you right now, and for the longest time you have not understood what it means to have the Holy Spirit. And this verse will tell you that you, as an ordinary person, can have the Holy Spirit. What does it say? Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. What is this talking about? If you've heard the gospel and you believe that Jesus is the only one who can save you because one sin can condemn you to hell, then when you believe that he can save you, you are given the Holy Spirit as a promise that you are saved. So let me ask you again. If you have understood the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ, and you've given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do you have the Holy Spirit? What's going on there? Okay. Somebody's trying to kill someone right there. Okay. Are you okay? Okay, it's okay. Okay. Right. So do you have the Holy Spirit? Right. And if you have the Holy Spirit, I promise you, you will not only be filled with food, but ordinary spirit-filled people will manifest the following. Transformed lives. Okay? Transformed lives, Christ-like faith and obedience, and what? Second, fruitfulness. You'll be making disciples. You know, if you, if you have the Holy Spirit, two things must happen to you. You will change. You'll be Christ-like because of your faith and your obedience. And whether you like it or else, whether you like it or not, you will make disciples. And if you're here right now and you're wondering, how come that's not happening to me yet? You know, I've got good news for you. It can happen to you. Maybe the reason why that's not happening to you yet is because you probably have not Seriously considered to have Jesus Christ in your life and surrender your life to Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can come upon you, transform you, give you Christ-like faith to obey what God wants you to do 
and transforming you, you will influence other people to become like Christ as well. And that's what it means to have the Holy Spirit. And I know, I know, as you're seated right here, I know you believe in your heart that you want that to happen for yourselves as well. You know what happens? When God uses ordinary people like us, filled with the Spirit, you know what happens? Guys, there will be an explosion. Seriously. Dion is laughing. Okay? <laughs> I don't know why he's laughing. But he probably felt that if Jesus is in you, you will have an explosion from within. Okay? No, you know, seriously. Seriously, there will be an explosion. On that day, three thousand souls were added you know guys i like you to imagine this if you ordinary people filled with the spirit will just become the kind of people that god wants us to be as what happened on that first day at the early church there will be an explosion you will see the power of god at work in people and boy you will be in awe of what's happening around you. And if all of us here in CCFLA, as few as we are right now, if we are going to be excited and be filled with the Spirit to be the kind of people that God wants us to be, you know what will happen? There will be an explosion. Believe me. Not only 3,000 will be added, but more and more. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited already as a matter of fact. I'm, I'm really so excited because as I'm attending groups, you know, I attend the Burbank group, I attend the, the, um, the Rosemead groups, and you know, I, I'm beginning to see, I'm beginning to see the power of God transform, transforming the lives of many people. And you know, just this week, somebody told me, you know, I used to be an angry person. Every time something goes wrong, you know, I usually right away explode. You know, if my husband misses the freeway, I usually get mad right away. But you know, I know I'm no longer my old self because I changed. Now, how did that happen? Tell me, right? Because the Holy Spirit is there in you and is transforming you because of your faith and your obedience, right? Somebody said, you know, when somebody cuts me in the traffic because he's not making a signal light, I can kill that person usually, okay? But now, no, I just let the person, I just smile. You see, if you put all of these people together changing and becoming Christ-like, what do you think will happen? There will be an explosion. People will see. People will be excited about the changes happening in the lives of people. But you might say, how come, how come that's not happening to me? You know, please, don't, don't get discouraged. This message, is both, this message is both an encouragement and a challenge to all of us. Because God uses Ordinary people. Why do you think God uses ordinary people? For what reason? Why is he going to use ordinary people to accomplish his extraordinary works? Giving a supernatural power. Why? It's because of this verse. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31. Can we read it together, please? Or consider your calling, brethren...
so that no man may boast before God. Do you know why God is using ordinary people like you and me? Because He does not want us to boast of ourselves. He wants us to boast in God. If He said, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. You know, believe me, when you see people change, and they claim to have victory over things that they have not been able to do. They don't say, it's because of me and because I'm really good, you know. They don't say that. You know, the, you know what they say? Because God changed me. And God gets the glory. That's what it's all about. God uses ordinary people. And like I said, it is both an encouragement and at the same time a challenge. Why do I say an encouragement? An encouragement because the God of the how much more can make it happen for you, right? You know, ladies, as beautiful and as young as you are, okay, it's an encouragement because God can use you mightily. Even if you think yourself as simply ordinary and can't influence anything in this world, no. I'm encouraging you, God can use you mightily because God has the power to make that happen. It goes the same thing for all of us. God can use you, and it's an encouragement. If God is not using you today and you feel like you've been left out, don't despair. God is reminding you God wants to use you and can use you. At the same time, it's a challenge. You know why it's a challenge? If God wants to use you and you're not willing to, can God use you? If God wants to use you but you're not willing to, can God use you? No. Will you allow God to use you? That's why it's a challenge. Pastor Dan, use me where? To do his great and mighty works. And we've identified what that is. To be Christ-like so that you and I can become disciple makers. You know, let's not complicate Christianity. You know, God simply said, hey, I want you to know me, follow me, so that by the time, when the time comes, I'll bring you to my paradise. But in the meantime, I want you to be Christ-like so that others will see and believe in me so that you can convince them that God is for real and you can introduce people to Christ to make them like me. That's Christianity. It's not about just going to church, giving your tithe, doing this and doing that, reading the Bible. No. It's all of those, but the end purpose of which is what? Transformation. Christ-likeness. So that you will become the kind of people that God wants you to be to change this world. The question is, are you willing to be used by God? That's why it's a challenge. You know, I'd like to share with you a, a, a simple story about this man. Um, you, may, you, may, you don't know him because he's one of my disciples in Manila. Okay. Um, he used to have a lot of hair. He's foggy, okay? Um, you know, uh, he, he, his name is Manolet, and the wife is Toots. Those of you from Manila, you probably know him. Toti, probably you know him, okay? You know, this guy started 
very simple and very ordinary. He was one of my D12. He, he smokes, he drinks, and everything like that. And he, he never imagined, okay, he can be used by God. Okay? When he, was, when he was single, he was really good looking, a lot of hair. That's the reason why this beautiful lady fell in love with him, okay? But over the years, like what happened to Hill, oh, sorry, you know, sorry. What, what am I talking about, okay? You know, all of those hairs started to fall, and he started to lose confidence in himself, and then he became a Christian, okay? When he became a Christian, you know, he ended up with me and my wife, Grace, and we were discipling them, and we were encouraging, encouraging them to become disciplers. And he said, no, I don't think I can do that. But, you know, over time, as we disciple this man, as God used this ordinary person in the power of the Spirit, he understood what it meant to be able to do something extraordinary when you, what, yield to the power of God. You know, um, every afternoon, okay, I was calling this man because he said, Pastor Dan, I can't. I can't overcome this problem. The people at the office at 5 o'clock in the afternoon will start to look at me and ask me to come, let's go and go to the bar for the happy hour and start drinking, okay? And as, as a Christian, I want to prevent it, but I keep failing, pastor, right? Because when these people look at me, let's go. I stand up and I go with them and I go home drunk. What do I do? Well, you really want to obey God? You think God can do it? Yeah, I believe so, but it's so hard. You know what we did together? He said, okay, at about quarter to five, before these people start to you know, call you, why don't you call me on my phone? Let's pray together. Bow your head, okay, so that you won't, they, they, they won't look at you, okay? Or you won't be able to look at them. So, okay, so uh, for about a week and a half, we were doing that every day, office hours. He calls me, and then let's pray, okay, let's pray. Let's pray that, you know, blah, 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 blah. We pray. And then, you know what happens usually? After the prayer, I make it really long, okay, so that it becomes, it becomes after five, okay? So after the prayer, he looks up, and he looks up, and he says, the people were gone, okay? Right? That was, it was like that. And you know what? After a while, they stopped bugging him, okay? Because they saw him bowing, and he said, something happened to this guy. He's praying, okay? And really? This guy is now one of the D-group leaders of CCF. If you put all of his people under him together, plus the people under him, they will not fill this place. This is an ordinary man used by God to accomplish his extraordinary ways in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if, how did they do it? Very simple. They just allow themselves to be used extraordinarily by God through God's supernatural power called the Holy Spirit. You know, he may come to the U.S., okay? He told me that he's uh, having his vacation. Finally, he got his visa, and he was excited that he was going to pass by Los Angeles. I said, good, okay? Can I stay in your home? He said, no, not only that. I would like you to speak. No way. <laughs> he said, no way. You see, this, this is a kind of person that when you hear him, he's so humble, and you would see the presence of God in his life. So many people. And you know, guys, you can be this same person. You can be the same person, is what I'm saying. What's so special about him? Nothing. He's, ex he's ordinary. But in the hands of an extraordinary God, you can be extraordinary. Amen? Ordinary people filled with God are able to do the impossible. 
They see impossible things happen. They're even more encouraged to do the extraordinary, right? You know, when you are attending a, a D group, for example, in a small group, when you see someone says, you know what? I've overcome my problem. I have this office mate that I want to kill, really kill, okay? Because he's really offensive, okay? He knows everything, but I really hate this person. And, you know, and we ask the person, what do you want to do? Well, what are you trying to suggest, Pastor? What can I do? Why don't you start praying for that person? You know, she started praying for this person and praying for this person. And, you know, last week she said, you know, all of a sudden, this person is not bugging me anymore. And I'm no longer, I'm no longer, uh, I guess, irritated. And this person is talking to me already. Okay, and you know what? I, I think the power of God is working. You see, when, when you allow God to use you, you will see the impossible happen. And when the impossible happen, you will even be more excited. Just like those apostles on the first day, okay, in Pentecost. What happened? They were so excited because, because impossible things happened. What impossible things happened? I will share with you in a bit. But what happens is this. God blesses them even more to create and cause more revival and movement unheard of resulting in the glory of God. Amen? You see, like exactly what happened to the, to, to the uh, I guess, the apostles. On that day, they were added 3,000 souls. How do you think that happened? You know, because the tongues of fire came, and all of a sudden, what happened? They were speaking in languages, okay, and people were wondering what's happening, and you know, they simply saw the presence of God and Paul, or rather Peter, stood up and shared the gospel with these people, as you can see now. And here's my encouragement to you. We can do the same thing, right? Can we? If those people, as ordinary as they were, could have been used by God because of the power of the Spirit, we can do the same thing. Because in first, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Chapter Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter one, verse seven. It says, "For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline." What kind of spirit do you have? Spirit of timidity? No. He said, "The spirit of what? Power, love, and self-discipline." Look at Acts chapter two, verse three. Okay, this was the Pentecost story. Look at verse three. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Wow. You know, if, I, if you were there and you experienced this, wouldn't you be awed yourself? Right? I mean, many times we fail to capture the beauty of, of, of the Bible is when we fail to put ourselves in the situation and really feel and see what, they were, what was happening to them. What was happening there? Tongues of fire. Right? Tongues of fire. And then in verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can you picture what's happening? They were all Galileans and they were speaking in different languages. If you were there, what will happen to you? You begin to see the power of God at work in these people. And when the gospel is shared by people, who are what? Empowered by the Spirit of God. Believe me, lives can change. Believe me, people will listen. 
And then here's Peter. Because, you know, the people were the people were there and they saw them speaking in tongues and they were labeled as what? Drunk. The people said, Oh, these people are look at them. It's they're drunk. They're speaking in, in, in languages we cannot understand. And you know what did Peter say? Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice. Can you imagine this Peter? All of a sudden became so bold. He raised his voice, addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Is this the same Peter? The ordinary Peter who denied Christ? Why? Why all of a sudden is this guy so bold to stand in front of many people who speak different languages? Tell me. He said he stood up and even raised his voice. He even shouted. What happened? Something happened, right? And you know, he defended what they were doing. You know what he said? These men are not drunk. I think he was even, even humoring the people. How, how dare you tell us we're drunk? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Right? You know, people usually get drunk in the evening. And so Peter said, these men are not drunk. As you suppose, it's only 9 in the morning. No, this is what was spoken up by the prophet Joel. We don't have the time to go through that. But long story short, Peter shared the gospel to all of these people. Right? In the languages that they could hear. In their own dialect, so to speak. Can you imagine what happened? And as a result of that, people were saved, right? And in Acts 2, 36 to 37, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. What happened? He shared the gospel. And the people simply, what? Were touched and cut to the heart. And they were, they, they repented and they were saved. With many other words, he warned them. He pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation, those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. We already, we already know this. Something great happened that day. Something miraculous happened that day because God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary means. Now, let's fast forward today. Let's fast forward today. The world today is as corrupt as it was then. Yes or no? You might even say, hey, it's worse, to be honest with you. My question is this. What happened to what started pretty well back then? You know, those apostles, moved by God, did something miraculous in those days to change the lives of people to start the early church. What happened? Why, did not, why was it not sustained to change the world today? How come the world today is as bad as it is and even worse? Do you have an answer? You know my answer? is something is really happening. I have a video to show you. I hope it works. This is the paradox of our time. We have taller buildings, but shorter tempers, wider freeways, but narrower viewpoints. We spend more, but have less. We buy more, but enjoy it less. 
We have bigger houses, but smaller families, more conveniences, but less time, but less time, less time, more channels, but nothing worth watching. We've earned more degrees, but lost our common sense. We have more knowledge, but less discernment. There are more experts, but more problems, more problems, more health magazines, but less wellness. This is a time when we choose any religion that fits our personality. But deny the God who gave us one. We have multiplied our possessions, but reduced our values. We talk too much, love love seldom, and hate too often. We've learned how to make a living, but not a life. We've conquered outer space, but not inner space. This is the paradox of our time. This is the paradox. We've cleaned up the air, but polluted our minds. We've split the atom, but not our prejudice. We build more computers to hold more information, to produce more copies, to pass around to more people if we have less communication. We've learned to rush, but not to wait. And under the magnificence, and under of, the magnificence of a starry night, we applaud the design. We applaud the design. And ignore the designer. Ignore the designer. We're in the season the of hurried vacations, of preoccupied minds, quick trips, and fast food. We have fancier houses, but broken homes. Steeper profits and shallower relationships. Newfound riches, but lost souls. This is indeed a time when we place more value on success than on significance. This, this is, is the paradox of our time. You know, the world is just so complicated. We think we're advanced, but we're actually regressing. What's happening? So many people, I believe, and I propose to you, are still lost and are perishing. Yes or no? In the world today, right here, right now, right in our, right in our own very environment, so many people are, are, are lost. Why? Why is that when Jesus himself, the living God, came for the single purpose of what? Seeking and saving the lost. Isn't that a contradiction? If Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost, why are still so many people lost? You know, why are, why are churches dying? Why are churches becoming museums? You know, honestly, if you want to look for a, to rent a church venue, it's so easy these days. Right? You know why? Because they're empty. People are no longer coming to church. But in spite of the fact that the people are lost, what's happening? There is something really seriously wrong. Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Do you have any idea what seems to, to be the obvious reason why the world is just taking its course on sinfulness and getting deeply lost? Do you have any idea? You know what? Jesus himself warned us of this problem. Here is the problem. In Matthew 9, 36 to 39, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. Many people are lost out there. But what? The workers are few. And he said, please, please, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out Workers out there. You know, the workers are few. What's happening? The harvest is plentiful. But the pastors are, are golfing and vacationing. Okay? <laughs> Worse, the pastors are the one inviting the members to play golf. Okay? 
My goodness! The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, and then the elders are busy selling house and lot, making lots of money and golfing with pastors. What's going on? Right? Oh, guys, these are all happening, but you know, the CCF pastors are different. We got, but we disciple. As we tee up the ball, how's your life? We're different. As we're selling houses, we're different. Have you come to a point of knowing Jesus Christ in your life? See? You know, hey, that's CCFLA. But what about the other pastors who just keep golfing and forgetting? No, I'm just kidding, okay? See, seriously, the situation out there is so serious that something has to happen. And really, the work has stopped. What those early, early Christians started by the apostles, which started very powerfully, ended up dying because of the lack of discipleship. Everyone else is busy working and surviving in this crooked generation. And guess what? They expect the pastors and the elders and the leaders to do the work of discipling others and making disciples. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That's what's exactly happening is right now. People think that it's the job of Pastor Danny, Pastor Insong, and the leaders to make disciples. No. You know, God gave this mandate to all believers. The bottom line is this. Every believer should be and ought to be a discipler for Jesus. And if that's the case, then we can do something about this world that is lost today. Consequently and sadly, what happened was this. The Great Commission, disciple-making, has not been happening as commanded. Finger-pointing has happened, and for lack of knowledge amongst the disciples, the leaders and followers all, on who is supposed to do what. Trabaho mo yan eh. Hindi, yan. I'm giving my tithes anyway, so you should be the one to do it. Right? You know, I hope CCF LA, you will be different. We will not be pointing at the pastors to do the job of discipleship because it's everyone's business to make disciples. Whose job is it to make disciples anyway? Answer? All of us. Look at verse 3 and 4. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on some of them. Huh? It says each of them, right? And then continue. All of them were filled. Guys, you know, God uses ordinary people as ordinary as we are, no exception. For the purpose of what? For the purpose of evangelism and discipleship. For the purpose of discipleship. Making Christ known. Being Christ-like so that we can teach others to be the same. Bottom line, every follower of Jesus is a discipler for Jesus. Here's my challenge. But not many of us believe we can do what the apostles did, right? (laughs) If you're here today and you still believe that, well, I'm challenging you. You know, Pastor Dan, I I, I don't think I am cut out for that. I am not like Pastor Insong who can preach and sing. Or like Pastor Danny, who can sing well, but is not being used. I'm just kidding. I'm not, like, I'm, not like, uh, I'm not like Henry, who can teach very well. 
I'm not like Hill, who's very vocal, you know, who's, who's very outgoing and extroverted and, and, and very eloquent. I'm not like that. I'm just so ordinary and quiet. Oh, please, tell me about it. God uses ordinary people to achieve his extraordinary means by giving you extraordinary power. Right? We are not extroverted, gifted, and eloquent as the apostles were. Okay? I have good news for you. You don't need that. You know what you need? You don't need to be extroverted, talented, gifted, and eloquent. Yes, they, they're good. But you know what is required? What is required is Christ-like faith and obedience to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all you need. And if you have the Holy Spirit in you, coupled with people who, who will encourage you to grow in Christ-likeness, you can obey and you can experience what it means to believe in the God of the how much more. That's all there is. You can do what all of these people did if you believe and if you obey. So God uses ordinary people. And ordinary people are ordinary people. God will use them. You see that person in the middle? It's her birthday today. Okay? Ati Susan, it's her birthday today. And she is ordinary. And you know what? Today, she decided to spend her birthday to go to Skid Row and feed some people. That's extraordinary, isn't it? And you know, you don't have to be somebody to be able to do what God wants you to do. God can use you as ordinary as you are. The problem is this. The ordinary people who came after Pentecost, they refused to be used, I think. They doubted whether this can be sustained. Or, sim- or, or, simply, or, or, or simply plain unusable by God. They did not want to be used or they were really like so carnal and worldly that God simply refused to use them. Now, you, what I'm trying to say is this. God can use ordinary people. But you know, there is a condition. Okay? God, God does not use just ordinary people. God uses ordinary people who are obedient and loving, or simply those who have been growing like Christ. G-L-C. Okay? Grow like Christ. Okay? You know, really, amen. Praise God for pastor and song. Okay? CCF says it's global leadership curriculum or center. CCF LA says grow like Christ. Huh? Okay ba, pastor? Okay? Reasons why God is not using disciples. Lack of the Holy Spirit filling among many of us, quote-unquote, disciples that make us worldly and carnal. Instead of what? Instead of being faithful, obedient, and loving just like Christ. Lack of discipleship and lack of GLC. Lack of growing like Christ. That's why I am introducing the platform that all of us can go Christ-like and we have this tool to make each one of us ready to be used by God. You're ordinary? Yes. But if you're worldly and you don't, are not filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not Christ-like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I don't think God will use you. But if you're growing like Christ and you're ordinary, 
in the power of the Holy Spirit, and God can make extraordinary things happen right before your eyes. And you know, this is the last verse that will really encourage you and me. Before I show you a video about someone who's been a vic- victorious for Christ. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that this man had been with what? Jesus. All you have to do is to be with Jesus. All you have to do is to be discipled by Christ-like people so that you can become Christ-like yourself. So God uses ordinary people, true, but they limit God. You know, the ordinary people, they limit God. How? Okay, by their unbelief and their prayerlessness, by their disobedience and independence, by their selfishness and pride. And I pray, okay, that God will use you ordinary people because you're spirit-filled and because you're Christ-like people, just like the apostles. I'd like to share with you a testimony of one person that should encourage all of us, okay? He is now a pastor, but he did not start like a pastor. He started like you and me, an ordinary person. Click. Sabi ni pastor, click. Sapa. Sorry, I am Pastor Eddie Robles from CCF Bulacan. I was a very religious person, but I had no knowledge of the God of the Bible. I was an ordinary person with an extraordinary need for God. I am an introvert, reserved, shy, uncomfortable with people, and I enjoy silence and solitude. I am a simple person with simple goals and dreams. Simple is never having to leave the comforts of our home and factory. My father entrusted to me a garment business, which was just a few steps from our home, and that was my safe and simple world. It was simple and happy at the beginning, but it got messy and complicated. My wife and I would always fight about money and everything else. We experienced a major financial setback when China started opening doors for manufacturing, and banks suddenly increased their interest rates for loans. On top of that, my wife gave birth prematurely because of stress, and we lost our youngest son. My safe and comfortable haven became hell on earth. Our desperate situation prompted my mother-in-law to invite us in a couple's retreat, but I repeatedly turned it down, primarily because it was not my comfort zone. The distress in her daughter's faith made her insist, and so she strongly commanded me to attend the couple's retreat. Fearing the worst, I gave in. We attended the couple's retreat in 1995. It was life-changing. I understood that a simple and happy life is not possible because I am a sinner and separated from God. I also understood God's design for marriage and our respective roles as husband and wife. I ask for forgiveness from God and my wife. I surrender my life to God and made Him the Lord of my life. From then on, my wife and I resolved to never again live our lives apart from God. 
That amazing experience started a desire in me to know God more. I experienced the benefit of God's forgiveness as my marriage was restored to heights I never thought would be possible, possible again. My priorities straightened out. I consistently brought my family to attend worship service in CCF St. Francis. And my wife and I attended the Wednesday night Bible studies. The knowledge and experience of God made me want to make Him known because I have a story to tell. So in spite of my discomfort, I started to tell people about what God is doing in our lives. We started inviting family and friends to Bible studies and worship services in St. Francis. I do not know how to share the gospel then, so I brought people here and they were blessed and kept on coming. I then started to think, if I can bring CCF to Bulacan, more people will be blessed. My wife and I prayed about this, and the Lord answered by sending a CCF pastor and his wife. They committed to come twice a month, and I committed to invite people, make coffee, arrange chairs, and bring Bibles. We started Bible study at home and then at a friend's restaurant, then to a medical arts building conference room. Five couples grew to 30, and instead of every other week, it became weekly. We then transferred to Malolos Convention Center as the attendance grew to an average of 80 people. I never get tired of arranging chairs, making coffee, inviting people, and bringing Bibles. What I saw in St. Francis, I do it in Bulacan. But my greatest dilemma was when our Bible teacher cannot come. He would ask me to teach and I would get stomach cramps and chill days before the Bible study day. Then I asked our pastor, if there is a training in leading a Bible study because I am not a seminary graduate. And he said, training? Wala nun. O JT lang tayo dito. Kung paano mo nakita na ginagawa at tinuturo sa St. Francis, gayahin mo. Obey your authority, the Bible said. So from that time on, I watched Pastor Peter closely and listened to him intently. The increasing attendance of our Bible studies eventually led to our own worship service in 2003. Again, we copied how worship service is being conducted. There were times when I would be tasked to give the Sunday message. And I would say to myself, this is not for me. Maybe I should have not started this, but my overwhelming gratitude to what God has done in my life and what He is still continuing to do made me ashamed of my thoughts. I cannot limit God because of my inconvenience. So I pray to the Lord that in my weakness, He be my strength. The Lord answered that prayer and the group grew to 150 regular attendees. We finally moved out of the convention center because people kept on coming. We rented a bowling alley and converted it into a worship hall. In spite of our inadequacy, God moved and our worship attendance doubled from 150 to 300. At the, as the Lord's work continued to prosper, I became a direct garment exporter.
And although the business is labor intensive, I would always set the time to do God's work. Business was doing well even when export requirements got tougher. But because of the additional capital needed, we would need to loan from the bank. I do not want to go that way again. So I prayed for direction and wisdom. God has a different plan for me. God called me to a different vocation. I was commissioned to be a full-time pastor on March of 2005. I never thought that my simple desire to bring CCF in Bulacan to make Jesus known will include me being a pastor. God is really in the business of making the impossible possible. My greatest fear is standing in front of a lot of people. Standing lang yun, eh mag-preach pa. In garment manufacturing, if it is assembled wrong, it would be rejected. If a garment is a reject, it needs to be redone. If it cannot be fixed, we throw it, we throw it away. But Lord, this is different. I said to the Lord, Lord, I cannot throw away souls. Help me. God gave me his answer in Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My disciples said, just copy what we have here in St. Francis. That started a life of copying. Attendance grew to 600, from one worship service to three worship services. It seemed to me that we are copying well. We are causing traffic jams in the area every Sunday because of the people are parking along the streets. This traffic jam caused curiosity and added even more numbers to CCF Malolos. In 2006, CCF Malolos was able to plant a church in Marilao. To date, CCF Marilao has two worship services and an average attendance of 500. During that time, I was asked by the leadership to oversee CCF Pampanga as well. In 2008, attendance of CCF Malolos grew to 750, and complaints caused by the traffic jam necessitated a fast transfer to a place with big parking lot. Last November 2009, we transferred to a former supermarket, Glory Supermarket, and converted it into a CCF worship and Bible study place to bring glory to God. The place has a capacity of 850 people, and our first worship service was jam-packed. Immediately after a few weeks, we started the second service. Today, we have three worship services in CCF Malolos, and around an average of 1,800 people attending every Sunday. I cannot claim knowledge and ability. I am overwhelmed with what God is doing. Honestly, deep inside, I am still the introvert and shy person that I am. It is an utmost important for an introvert to find a trustworthy companion in order for him to come out of his shell. I did. Jesus is my trustworthy companion. I cry to him. I talk to him. We take long walks together. He takes away my fears. He assures me 
that He is always with me. He overwhelms me with things He alone can do. As I close, I have three prayer items to request from you. First, please pray for us as a church planting hub for Central Luzon that our church planting team composed of ordinary people trained and armed with God's enablement will soon plant CCF churches in Angeles City, Santa Maria Bulacan, Balagtas Bulacan, Baliwag Bulacan, and Tarlac City. Secondly, we will celebrate our 10th year anniversary on May 19, 2013. We have rented Malolos Convention Center with a seating capacity of 3,500 for this event. Please pray for us that we will fill this place for the glory of God. Lastly, please pray for me to be brave and courageous as I continue to seek Him and ask Him what's next for me. I am an ordinary person with an extraordinary partner. I could not thank Jesus enough for giving me the privilege to work with Him. He alone is worthy to be praised. I, I, I was crying when I was listening. Ordinary people. We are all ordinary, and God can use us. Peter, CCF Lakewood. George, CCF Lakewood. The world is lost, and we need people to stand up. Ordinary people. And it can be done. I want you to listen to this song.
little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. We're ordinary, but we can become extraordinary if we let God use us. I hope today you're encouraged. And I hope today you are challenged too. God can use you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for the many examples that you have shown us, Lord. That there's nothing ordinary that you cannot use for your glory. Father, here we are. Ordinary and simple. But we're willing to be used by you, God. Just command it, Lord. Just command it. God, so many people are hurting out there. So many families are hurting. Take us out of our comfort zone, oh God, and just make us. Make us, Lord, extraordinary so that we can touch the lives of these people. If you're here today and you don't even know Jesus personally, my prayer is that give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus and your life will never be the same. And if you're here right now and you've given your life to Jesus long ago, and you have been just going around in circles, living through life, day after day, going nowhere, ask God right now and ask God, Lord, here I am, use me. Use me, Lord, for your extraordinary purposes. Make me Christ-like so that I can make people like me Christ-like as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, here I am. Now give God the glory. Lord, here I am. Use me. Holy Spirit. Make it grow in Christ's likeness.